Gospel Message. I was listening to a song earlier this evening. And it was a song that I haven't heard in a very long time. So when I heard it today, I actually listened to the lyrics of it. And there was a line in in the lyrics that just struck me. And the the message that I had initially planned to deliver, the Lord just told me that this was the message that I needed to share with you all today. And that line, it talked about the cross and the meaning of the cross of Christ. And in the in the song, it said. What does the cross of Jesus mean? What does it mean? What does it symbolize? And the line that really struck me said, you know, the upon the cross, Jesus died. The lamb was crucified. God allowed the lamb, his son, to be crucified. And in that very crucifixion, which the cross symbolizes, the, the, the singer said, the crucifixion, the cross of Christ, showed us love that this world had never known. Showed us love that this world had never known. Now, we all know the story of the crucifixion. We all know how grueling it was for Christ to actually live it and experience it and feel every nail, every whip, every scourge, the prick of every thorn as it was pressed down upon his head, the weight of that cross as he carried it and the cheering and the spitting and the stoning and the scorn. He felt every single bit of that and this was the Lord's purpose but the purpose of that cross was not for the one who bore the cross it was for us it was for me it was for you we who would believe in him that we might be saved through the very thing that that crucifixion was purposed for and at the base of it at the heart of it the source of it was love God's love and by that very act of God purposing it and our Lord Jesus Christ stepping up to the plate to say I will go I will do this for them it was love for us. So we brought that word love to the forefront again. And I said, a lot of times we just use this word love. We throw out the, the, the words in the Bible and we say, you know, love your neighbor, love you. And, and we just, we throw that word out and we look at it from a very human perspective. And we have failed, I believe, we have failed to look at it from God's perspective. And when I say look at it from God's perspective, 
Look at it from God. Look at it from God himself. So in definition of love, again, when we look at it from a human perspective, and I'm going to try to, it's hard to give a message like this in 10, 15 minutes because the message is so pregnant, but I'm going to try for the purpose of this platform. So this love is not, it's not the, the, when we say, you know, we're in love with someone, which, you know, is, is a deep romantic attachment for someone, which usually involves a, a physical and often a sexual expression. And, and, and that's the love one can say between lovers or spouses. And, but that's not what this means, even though the, the, the ultimate picture of of, of Christ, the bridegroom, and Christians, the bride, does speak to the coming together of us. It's not a physical coming together. It's a spiritual connection. But it's not the, oh, I'm in love with this man. I'm in love with this woman that, that we express. That's not the love. That's not the love. And then if we now think about, okay, some people say, well, it is, it is, it is an affinity. But an affinity is, is more spontaneous. It's a spontaneous or a natural liking or a sympathy with someone or something. So it's not affinity either. And it's definitely not attraction, which is the action or power of evoking interest in something or someone or, or pleasure in someone. God does not have an attraction to us. God does not have an affinity to us. And God is not in love with us the way a man and a woman are in love with each other. That's not what it is, you know? And then we now go to the famous 1 Corinthians 13, where the word charity is used. You know, we say, okay, it's charity. It's not love because we can associate love with the more physical human things. So we, we use the word charity. But then if we, if we read that 1 Corinthians 13 in its entirety, and we look at what is being said, or, or we read what is being said, and it says, you know, charity suffers long and is kind. Again, look at the characteristics. Charity suffers long and is kind. Charity envieth not. It does not vaunt itself. It is not puffed up. It is not proud. It does not behave unseemly. It does not seek her own. It is not easily provoked. It thinketh no evil. Now, this is most definitely the closest definition, but it's not a definition right? It's not a definition. What this is, if we really look at it, a lot of people, you know, they, they, when they, wait, they preach on this chapter, they always say, you know, replace the word charity with Jesus. You know, Jesus suffers long and is kind. Jesus vaunted not itself. And in as much as it is an accurate substitution, I don't know that it really gives us the, the, the meaning in, in correlation with the love of God, because we know in some Bible translations, it uses love there instead of charity. It says love suffers long love, you know, love vaunted not itself. Love does not behave itself unseemingly. But again, sometimes we have a habit of immediately remember that's what is used in many wedding vows. And, but it's just said, I don't know that there has ever been a, a true 
deep understanding or a true explanation. But when we're, again, this whole thing, we're talking about the love of God, right? And we know that in, in 1 John, we are told that God is love. God is love. It tells us that as far as, it says, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Doesn't say God does love. It says God is love. His very substance is this thing. And it doesn't say God is charity in 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 uh 1 John 4 8. It uses the word love. Remember in Corinthians, it used the word charity, even though it was speaking of an attribute of love. But in that first John 4 8, it says God is is love. So then we can, when we read that first Corinthians 13, it's telling us about attributes. It's telling us about characteristics. It's telling us about actions. It's an action. Those are actions. You know, it, it does not, it suffers long to suffer is a verb and it's kind. Again, kindness is an action. It is an expression. It does not vaunt itself. It does not behave itself unseemingly. It bears all things. It believes all things. These are all actions. So I take charity as the outward expression of God's love towards mankind. The outward expression, these things. So instead of replacing the word charity with the name Jesus, I take it that express to replace the word charity with God's nature, God's likeness, the nature of God suffers long. The very nature of God is not one of envy. He doesn't know how to envy. The nature of God cannot envy. It cannot. The nature of God is not puffed up. The nature of God, the very substance of God, does not behave itself unseemingly. The very nature of God does not seek its own. The very nature of God does not think evil. It cannot think evil. The very nature of God does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. The nature of God cannot fail because God himself cannot fail. Remember in the beginning of that first Corinthians 13, it talked about though I speak with the tongues of men, of, and of men and of angels, but I have not charity. I am becoming as a sounding brass or a tingling symbol. Remember, it says, though I have the gifts, speaking in tongues is a gift. Prophecy, being able to prophesy is a spiritual gift. So if I have all these spiritual gifts of God, yet the very nature of God is missing from me, then it is worthless. He says, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand mysteries, I can, I have the gift, the gift of prophecy. God has imparted this gift on me, but yet the very nature of God is not expressed in me. The very nature, the inner, see those gifts are outward. Those are things that we do empowered by the spirit of God, but the inner me, the inner me, my substance, when I am at rest, how do I conduct myself? How do I think? How do I feel? How do I process? If it is not in the likeness of God, 
Remember, we are created in his image and likeness. If the very substance of me is not in the very likeness of God, and how will I know it is in the likeness of God? Because I suffer long and I am kind. I am not proud. I, I am not puffed up. I think no evil. I don't rejoice in iniquity, but I rejoice in the truth. I don't envy. These are the attributes, the expression of the nature of God. So when we talk about God's love, we're thinking about Okay, so that is the nature. It is That is the way it is expressed. But what is the very definition of God's love? As in, when we read Bible passages and, and 1 John is just pregnant with this love situation. Remember, Jesus' death, the cross, the cross of Christ represents the very love of God, meaning God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He, that, that was his biggest, how these, these are attributes, but his biggest expression that we have, nothing like that has ever happened in the history of God before it happened in that, that expression. Remember the song I said, he, 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 he showed us, he showed love to this world in a manner that we had never seen it before. Remember in the, all the pre-Christ, the before Christ things, God showed his power. He showed his power. He, he, he implored the Israelites to obey him. He, he asked, was almost even begging us to obey his commandments, to do his will. When he speaks, he wants us to obey. And yet, what did we do? The opposite. Because of sin that had already entered the world, we disobeyed and disobeyed and disobeyed. So in another final big act of love. And when I say final, it doesn't mean it ended there. It meant that that was the big one that continues to give. Everything now stems from that. Everything else now is like, that's the big bucket from which everything now pours out. That big expression of God's love was that he gave his son. And that's why First John 4, 9 says, in this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Greater love had no man than to lay down his life for him. Friend, this is the ultimate expression of God's love. So why, why, does, why did he do that? Why did he do that? So if we're talking about love, when we talk about the love of God, and again, this is how we now connect it to the acts of charity, the expression that is charity. Remember, there's the love, which is the substance, and then we show it. God shows it. It is his characteristic. It is his attributes that we see as charity. But that substance of love, why? Why? How? What is the what is the basis? What is the, the, the very definition of that love? And the only thing that kept on coming to me as far as the why, right? God's love, the definition that I got as far as God's love is the object of his delight. The object. God, God, God loves something or or the very 
The thing that makes it love for God is that he delights in it. He delights in it. It is pleasing to him. The object that he loves is an object that he takes delight in. It is pleasing to him. And on that object, he places a great value. That's the word, value. The thing that he directs his love to, the thing, the object that he places his love on is an object that he delights in for whatever reason. That is the mystery. We cannot tell the why because it is certainly not because of the things that we have done. It is certainly not because of the things that we do. But somehow, some way, some why, God places a significant value on this object. And this object is us. He takes delight in us. This man that he created, when he created, it was pleasing to him. And he placed his delight on us and he values us. And because he values us, we are important to him. We are important to him because we are important to him. And when we now condemn ourselves by choosing sin over choosing love, the God who is love, he still went above and beyond and gave one more expression, one huge expression. You've heard of that term, the gift that keeps on giving. That is the gift that keeps on giving. Christ, his love now in Christ Jesus, so that as we now believe in him, but with this belief in Christ, we cannot really sit down and sink into this thing unless we understand this love of God. Understand that God, in the midst of our sinfulness, in the midst of our wretchedness, God, knowing all things, knowing what we would do before we even did it, yet, because he is, his very substance is this delight in us, he gave us a chance. That chance that he gave us in Christ is an unfailing chance. The chance is secure. The chance is perfect. It is there. It, it will deliver what it has been purposed to deliver. The reason there is failure is not because the gift is failed or because the gift is flawed. It's because we continue to not come to the gift. We continue to not go to Christ and enter in. Remember what it said. He says, therein, the love of God was manifested towards us because he sent his only son that we might be saved through him, through Christ. So when we think of God's love, if we pause and really remove all the, the, the omnipotence and the majesty and all those things, which are who God is again, and just think of who is loving us. The one who said, let there be light. The one who can do anything he wants. But he chooses to delight in us. He chooses to place value in us. He chooses 
that we are important to him. And it is not even that. It's who he is. It doesn't turn off. It can't turn off. Because that is him. That is his substance. And if we understand that, then we will understand the gift of love. He gave us this gift that the world had never known up until then. But it is now up to us to understand the significance of God's love. God's love for me. If we understand it, we will pause. We will think twice about some of the things that we place value in. We will think twice. We will think twice. And that's why 1 John 2, 5, just some key verses, and there are many. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. If it is important to us to keep his word, then that value, that value that he places in us, we are also placing in him and thereby is love perfected in us. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God. What manner of love that he would value us, that he would give us an opportunity to be called the sons of the living God. What manner of love is that? That is an amazing thing that this omnipotent majesty, unfathomable God would look upon us and say, he delights in us. What is that? What manner of amazing love is that? Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. That love one another takes us back to that 1 Corinthians 13. Let us express love that way. Let the very nature of God be evident in us that way. Let the very way that... God is characterized. Also be our character. Because that's placing value in others above ourselves. The same way God places value in us above his own son. He did not even spare his son for us. What manner of love is that? Christ did not spare his own life, but gave it up for us. What manner of love is that? And that's why he said, as he loved us, we must love one another. That is the nature of God. That is the expression that is charity. That is the characteristic that is God's love. But the why of God's love, we will never understand. All we can do and all we should do is fall on our knees and say, Father God, thank you for loving me as you do. And help me by the power of your 
Holy Spirit to love as you love. That is his wish. That is his desire. And the Holy Spirit is standing, waiting for us to desire that so that he can now make it manifest in us. The true understanding of the love of God will set us on a path that is a beautiful path from which we can only reap more and more and more blessings into the richness and the vastness and the unfathomable depth of this beautiful love of the living God. And may we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.